Hey, this is the Perfecting Grace podcast, and this is Jamie Russell. Today, we are going to have a chat all about my journey to discovering faith, becoming a Christian, my testimony, and really all the things around God for me. So um, if you are someone who has ever experienced abuse in your life, um, I'm just going to fair warn you, like that is something that plays into my story. Uh, so if you need to skip over this episode, I completely understand. Um, and I like to give people sort of that precursor warning, but that is definitely part of my journey and something I'm going to be talking about today. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to record this episode or how in depth I was going to go with this story, but this is going to be a pretty lengthy one um, compared to some of my other episodes because I want to really paint the full picture of where I've been, where I've been at, and where I am currently um, and just talk about like how my my lifestyle, the way I was raised and, and all those things have played into that. Um, so... When I really started down this journey with being a Christian, identifying as a Christian, um, it was about five years ago. It was a couple of months before I met my husband. Uh, he likes to think that he brought me to God, but uh, it was actually a couple months before that. Um, and I've told him this story, but I think he also wants to just forget that this happened to me and that this was a part of my life. But essentially, I was living with... Um, a guy that I had been on again, off again, dating for about five years. And he was addicted to methamphetamines and to the point that we would hack the hospital systems to get scripts. And um, I have a legitimate back issue that on x-ray on paper looks like I would be in pain. We would go in, uh, they would give me a script, I'd go fill it hand it over to him. And then, you know, three, four days later, uh, when he was out of pills, like we would start again, he'd go through the withdrawals, get super angry. He'd go, he'd find another hospital. He'd give a fake name. Like it was, a, it was a whole thing. And it was not like that the entire five years we were together. Um, like I said, it was off again, on again. There were other girlfriends. I was with other people. Uh, it progressively got worse over the time, but I always figured, you know, there's going to be one day that he wakes up. There's going to be one day that something happens. He'll go to rehab. He'll figure his stuff out and we'll be able to move on. And what happened for me is I was getting to the point where I was sleeping in my room alone. We were not sleeping in the same room. I had to sleep with my wallet under my pillow because he would go and drain our bank account to get meds or get a supplement or whatever he needed to get by. Um, the amount of depression I was in at that point was just unbelievable. Like there's, there's nothing to describe that moment when you just think that you're never going to be loved and that you're never going to find someone to love you in the way that you thought that you should be loved and feeling that depression on a constant basis. And um, my grandfather's wife at the time had had cancer and she passed away 
And it was a couple of days before Christmas or a couple of days after. I don't know. It was Christmas week. Um, and he stayed behind basically to, I don't want to say get high because he thought he was in pain. He thought he was medicating himself. He stayed behind to get medicated. Didn't support me through it. And I remember sitting there thinking like she was not going me and her were not tremendously close, but we were close enough for me to realize at that point that she would not want me to ever be with someone like that. And that I was being with him was destroying every relationship I had around me and preventing me from getting close to anyone. Uh, and then Christmas happened and I, I disappeared for a little bit and I found a church in the area and I, I went to church. And it wasn't something that I planned. It wasn't something I thought about. It was just I woke up that morning and I was like, this is where I feel like I need to be. And it happened again at Easter that year. And I found a church of all places. I think I went to a Catholic mass. Um, and <laughs> just being surrounded by people and the love and the acceptance and and feeling that I, I knew like there was something like I was on this path. And I really feel like, you know, in the days after her passing, um, I remember like laying there just in utter depression and asking God, like, what do I do? Like, how do I turn this around? Like, how do I get my life back? Like, I was so scared to stand up for myself. I was so scared to change the status quo and to move past that. And there's still a lot of that time in my life that feels very blurry, that feels very like what just happened and what was going on at that point in my life. But through God, I got the strength to not only stand up for myself, but kick him out and to get him out of my life, which I had done several times before, but he had somehow always come back like a stupid boomerang. So that was the one time that he left and he didn't come back and he didn't try and come back and I didn't look for him to bring him back. And it stopped the cycle. And looking back on it now, like I, I know that it was God. Like I know that that was my God moment. Now, fast forward a couple months to when I met my husband. Um, that was one of the first things he said to me is, I'm a Christian. I'm going to attend church. This is, this is how it is. Take it or leave it. Um, and at first I was just like, all right, that's cool. Like, do your thing. I'll do my thing and we'll coexist and see how this works. Um, now at that time too, and I'm sure I'll get into this story at some point, we were in two different cities on two different ends of what felt like the planet because I was in Nevada and he was in Illinois. Um, so I felt I was safe. It really didn't matter to me what religion he was. I wasn't even considering really dating him at that point in time when I got introduced to him. Um, but that in and of itself was another God moment for me, um, was coming to light with 
my husband and and being put into this life that I would have never in a million years thought I was going to be a part of, being introduced to people at his church, being accepted as if I was family when they didn't even know me. Um, and mind you, there were plenty of times in my past I have been to church. I've been to small groups, youth groups, all those things. And I always felt like I was the outcast. I never felt like I belonged. I always felt an extreme amount of judgment and criticism and all the things that I'm sure we will definitely get into on this podcast on things that I don't like about certain parts of religion and Christianity. But it was the first time that I really felt like I was exactly where I needed to be and exactly how I needed to be. Now, what I've come to realize through self-awareness, the Enneagram, small groups, Bible studies, and all those things is that I still have a really hard time having a relationship with God. And I have a really hard time reading the word and talking to Jesus and praying out loud. And it's one of those things I am constantly going outside of my comfort zone to do and practice. And I do that because I can see the reward and I can see what it is doing to move things in my life and and how that gratitude plays out um, and how I'm a better person because of it, how my kids are better people because of it, how my husband is a better person because of it. And even how like my family, who is all self-announced, proud, atheists and agnostic people, it has even changed them with me being the person that I am. So it it would be hard for me to walk away. It would be hard for me to say anything else, but that does not mean that it's not a struggle. It does not mean that it's not something that I'm constantly praying to God for healing and praying to him that that things are going to be better and it's going to be easier one day and it will feel fluid. Um, now, one thing I'm doing in my life right now is I am a part of the Freedom Group, which if you Google um, Church of the Highlands or Church of the Highlands Freedom, they actually have the videos posted online. I don't know if you can just buy the book and do the study, but essentially it's it goes through in a way that um, forces you to identify with things that you've been struggling with, surrender things that you had been holding on to that you were ignoring that you held on to, give forgiveness of yourself and the people around you that you had been resenting, and ultimately feel freedom to uh, live a life in the in the glory of God and. Walking through that has been super eye-opening and super life-changing, and we're not even all the way through that curriculum yet. So I'm sure at some point I will talk about that. Um, As of the date of this podcast, I have not been baptized. That is something that I want to do. It just has never really felt like the right time or the right moment. Um. I've also never really felt like it was in the right place at my journey necessarily when that opportunity came, but um, that is something that I want to happen. Um, I will tell you that I feel like my kids are better Christians than I am. I feel like they have better faith than I do. 
Um, and I will also tell you that had they not been a part of the church, I do not think that they would have gotten out of the divorce and turmoil and things that they went through in their little young lives the way that they did if the church was not there. Um, I've seen what divorce can do to people. I've seen what divorce can do to families and the way that those kids came out of it speaks volumes to not only their personality and character, but also to what a true accepting and loving church community can do to help redeem and restore people. Um, trying to think what else I want to share here. So if I were to go even further back to give you a glimpse um, and why this whole story is just really in, like inspiring for some people, but also surprising in a lot of ways is that when I was young, I got sick a lot. Like I was in the hospital more than I was at school. And I remember my mom starting to wanting to go to church because she just felt like she needed a miracle. Like she needed, she needed that reassurance. She needed that hope. And she had some friends that I think she worked with that were like, well, then you need to go to my church or my small group or whatever. And I would, I remember like standing there with her and her talking about like my dad or relationships that she had been with or um, my health and then basically telling her that, because I don't know verbiage at this point, but in so many words or less saying that I was sick because of her sin that had she just repented her sin or not done those things that I wouldn't be paying for them by being in the hospital. And at that point in my life, <laughs> granted, I, I think I was like six or seven at that time. I was like, why would I ever want to be a part of this? Like that is the most like vicious, like evil statement you could ever say to someone who's sitting there struggling with a child that is in and out of the hospital sick and doctors don't know what is going on with them. And you tell them that because of something that you chose to do, God is now punishing not only you, but your child for that. Like, why would I want to follow that God? Like, why would I want to be in that religion? Why would I want to be in your community if that is who your God is? And what I've come to realize <laughs> is that it had nothing to do with God. It had nothing to do with the religion. It had to do with those people, that there are just really bad people everywhere. There's really bad Christians <laughs> everywhere. Uh, and we're all like that. We all live in sin. We all live in hypocrisy. And I've forgiven those people for that. I have forgiven the people that have torn my mom down. I have forgiven my mom for projecting those things on me as I grew up. Um, and it, 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 that, that in and of itself has, has been a process. And there's been plenty of other times through my youth, through my teenage years, that I can even talk about where I have ventured. Like, at one point, I would have told you that I was a practicing pagan, that I was looking at that kind of thing because it made more sense that Things were from nature and natural, not like all the voodoo spell, whatever stuff, but like that, that made more sense 
than what people walking with Jesus were saying. Like that, I've been to so many different journeys through like what I believe and what my faith is. And so to now come to a point where like, I am going to church, I'm active. I, I would even consider in, in church leadership to a point because I'm, I'm leading a volunteer team, a volunteer team. I, um, I'm also trying to start small group ministry, like within my church, like there, it's one of those things like to look at my life now and then know where I was and know where my thoughts were. Like the only way that could have happened is Jesus. Like the only way that could have happened is Jesus. And it it makes me just so grateful for how things played out. Um, The last story I'm going to tell you is that when I met my husband, I was under the impression there was no possible way I could conceive that because of certain anatomy and how um, my uterus is and, and things that they would have to do some immense surgery or it would take thousands of dollars for me to ever conceive. Um, Me and my ex had tried several times um, and it just never happened. It was actually one of the reasons that me and him broke up and because he really wanted a child and we didn't think I was going to be able to. Um, and right at the point in mine and my my husband's situ- situation at that point, um, we thought we were at the end of our road. Like we were breaking up and it wasn't going to go any further. And he, again, through his own God moment, um, overcame something and, and asked me to marry him. And that was a huge thing for both of us. But we, you know, like stupid young people do, um, didn't use protection. And I thought, you know, I can't get pregnant anyway. So what's the deal? And ended up finding out within weeks of being engaged that I was going to have my one and only kid. And so that is something that I will constantly tell people is a gift from God. Like my youngest son is my gift from God because I would have never thought that I was able to biologically conceive. I was not able to have my own. Um, which is why I thought when I found a loving man with children, that that was probably my best scenario because there was no other way I was going to have a family. There was no other way I was going to have a kid. Um, and then we got blessed with Elijah and he has been the perfect addition to our family to the point that we don't even know what life looked like without him in it. So on that, like, lovely, beautiful note. I'm going to end this podcast episode. Um, I would love for you to share your own God moment with me privately, if you would like. Um, You can find me over on Instagram at HeyJamieRussell and just let me know, like, what what is your testimony? What is your God moment? And that can be just between me and you. Um, I'm not going to be sharing that out, but I would, I would love to hear your own personal testimony and, and where you've come with, with your walk. Um, and I hope you will just keep listening to these episodes because they're only going to get better from here.